you've landed on the Lonely Diplomat podcast and wherever you are in the world, welcome. I'm Phil McAuliffe. I'm the Lonely Diplomat. And it's simply wonderful to be here in your ears uh, for episode 41 of the Lonely Diplomat podcast. In this episode, sorry, before I jump into it, um, uh, the podcast uh, for the last uh, over 10 episodes now has focused on responding to issues that you raise with me as members of my awesome global audience of diplomats and those who live the diplomatic life. It's an honor and it's a privilege of mine to serve support, challenge, and inspire you as you live your diplomatic life, no matter where in the world you live it. I don't care, remember, uh, what you do or how you, uh, or, or, or where you do it or for whom you do it. I care about you uh, as a diplomat and those living, uh, and someone living the diplomatic life, and uh, all about helping you be awesomely yourself be you as you do your job because the world really is waiting for you to be you the really the world really needs you to be you so that's what my work is all about and if you want me in your corner as someone to uh, serve support challenge and inspire you directly live in real time uh, as you live your diplomatic life, I would love to be in your corner. Uh, and you can find out about my mentoring services on my website, thelonelydiplomat.com. And also on that site, you will see my blog, which has a lot of blog posts on it, uh, all designed to help and challenge you as you live your diplomatic life. Noticing a theme here. Um, and also this podcast uh, and details of how you can get my book uh, in ebook or uh, hard copy uh, through Amazon. Anyway, with all of that said, uh, just know how grateful. I am uh, that you are here and that we're having a chat. Um, wherever you are in the world, I hope you're doing well. You and yours are doing well. This episode of the Lonely Diplomat podcast, we're going to be talking um, something a little fun, a little fun. Um, and I get this all the time from, uh, from, from members of my awesome global audience almost just in comments, not like, Phil, there's a problem, please, you know, can I get your, your insight? But I get this all the time, um, just as a, uh, a, a sort of general wry observations of the living of, diplomatic, of a diplomatic life. Um, and I get this within myself all the time um, as, uh, uh, as, as I live my diplomatic life. And that's around accent misunderstandings. And it's a reflection of the world that in English, uh, particularly in, in English, and that's you know, the source of my lived experience, um, that there is a version of English uh, that is widely understood, um, uh, reflecting popular culture, uh, and that's having a North American accent. 
And for those of us who don't have English as a first language uh, or, um, you know, have an accent that is different to what is the norm, one of the constants of our diplomatic life uh, is um, accent misunderstandings. Um, And they're funny. They're really funny. They can be really funny. Um, And... Uh, um, and many of us over time, knowingly or not, end up editing, adjusting, adapting our accents so we can be understood. Because it does get a bit tiring trying to explain something um, when naturally you don't say the letter R <laughs> um, or... Uh, your your vowels might come out differently uh, uh, to to say the same word, you know, that is the same word when written down in many, many, many different ways. And there's beauty. There's, there really is beauty in the difference. When you stop and think about it, there's, a, there's beauty in the difference of the perception uh, of how a word is pronounced. The same word, how it's pronounced. But if you don't say it in the way that others are expecting it, you can find yourself having to to adapt. And, you know, those of us who have kids who live the diplomatic life, uh, it's amazing to see how quickly uh, our children adapt uh, their speech and their accent to be understood. Um and whether it's a conscious thing or unconscious thing, I don't know. But I think it's amazing to see how how adaptable it is. And I have an Australian accent. Um, I'm Australian. Um, but it's funny. Um, uh, the number of comments that, that I get uh, saying, yeah, you don't really have a strong Australian accent. Or you don't, you don't sound Australian. Um, and in New Zealand... A uh, couple of very funny instances where I would say a word that would out me with my Australian accent as an Australian, uh, and someone saying, you know, almost like this is in a coffee shop. Um, uh, you know, I said something about something being delicious, and saying it in that way um, made it. Uh, um, you know, outed me as an Australian. Uh, and the whole coffee shop just kind of went quiet. And the the woman serving me said, are you Australian? Um, and I said, um, yes. And she said, are you sure? I said, um, yes. I'm not sure how to answer that question, but yes, I am sure. And she's like, and, and she just sort of stared at me a little bit. She said, I didn't know. And <laughs> it was funny, very funny, but awkward. And she's like, and, and then, but you don't seem Australian. I'm like, okay, I, re- I really don't know what that <laughs> that's meant to mean. <laughs> Whether that's meant to be that, you know, I'm meant to be drunk and obnoxious. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But slowly but surely, the other people who worked in the cafe said, yeah, I've lived in Australia. Me too. Me too. I love living in Australia. It's great. I love Melbourne. I love, you know, whatever it is. And, um, but it was one of these moments is like, you know, almost how, like, how could you not tell us that you were Australian? Um, 
and uh, and stuff. And I'm sure you have lots of different um, examples. And another one that I want to say is not having a, um, a a North American accent. I would go, uh, and a lot of my examples are in coffee shops. Um, there's, there's probably something in there for all of us. But I would go to Starbucks in, um, in Seoul. And those of you who uh, are familiar with Seoul know that everywhere you turn, I'm not exaggerating, everywhere you turn, you can see a Starbucks. Um, and within the radius of where I worked, there were, um, I think, nine Nine within about two block radius of, of where I worked. Um, some were on the street, some were, you know, in, in bookstores, some were underground, um, but nine Starbucks. I'm going to say, <laughs> probably a problem there if you've got nine Starbucks in two blocks, uh, in a two block radius. But anyway, uh, I, I remember going uh, into... Uh, it was a hot afternoon in, in Seoul and I went to go and get a, a, an iced coffee and I went in my finest Korean, um, ordered a coffee. I'm pretty good uh, at ordering coffee in different languages uh, and uh, we could call it a survival mechanism and um, I, you know, flawlessly, I thought, or uh, asked for, for, for coffee. And now, anyone else who's learnt, you know, a language, and I'm going to say that's probably a lot of you uh, over the course of your career and you're living the diplomatic life, you've picked up, either learned, um, you know, in a classroom setting, in tutor setting, uh, how to speak the language and you can speak it very well, or you learn it kind of through osmosis. And um, I... Uh, you know, great at having conversations. But as soon as it deviated from the script, I was done. I was done. There was no, like, banter in Korean for me. It's like, no, sorry, this wasn't in the dialogue that I practiced in class, so I don't understand what you're saying. Um, and anyway, I um, ordered coffee um, and... Uh, uh, you know, copy Americano Chuseo. Um, and uh, they, you know, the, the person serving me said, uh, heart are iced. Um, it's very complicated. Uh, you know, it's, um, you know, English words, hot or iced. And I said, um, no, I said uh, hot. I wasn't getting a nice coffee, I was getting hot. Uh, and yeah, I said hot, and she looked at me, and I. It was one of those moments that you know, um, uh, if I was a cartoon, there'd be like a, a bead of sweat forming on my on my forehead, and and I'm um, <laughs> I'm not quite sure. Like I know what you're answering, and I'm answering. I'm saying hot, um, and she went and like was sort of looking at me, and I'm like. You know, I'm like, do I say not iced um, or, or what? I'm like, I'm hot. And I just kept on saying it. And of course, of course, like, you know, if someone who doesn't understand you, obviously he's hard of hearing. So you say it louder. <laughs> uh, and I was very grateful for the person next to me in line um, who was showing an inordinate amount of patience uh, for, for all of this, um, especially in a queue for a coffee, um, uh, said, heart. 
Um, and everything was understood then. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I've been saying. Um, I said hot. And, but no. Anyway, as I was waiting for my coffee, I looked up on the board um, at the menu and was reading the Korean side and noticed that it's, you know, uh, hot coffee uh, and iced, uh, like hot Americano iced um, uh, and stuff. And the, the word for hot was in Korean, like H A T. Uh, and as I said it, as I read it out loud in Korean, and I can read uh, Hangul, like I'm about five years old, uh, and sort of sounded out the, the letters and looked at it and went, you know, hot. And I'm like, I need to say it like an American. So, so it felt a little weird within me. I felt like I was, I was, um, uh, I'm struggling to not say the words "take the piss," um, but uh, make fun of an American accent uh, every time I ordered a hot coffee from Starbucks uh, and saying, um, you know, "Copy Americano chaseo, hot chaseo," and everyone got along with their day, and I just felt a little bit dirty <laughs> um, in in saying that this is a really you know kind of minor story and i'm sure me sharing those two stories has brought up a whole lot of memories of accent confusions and and um fun kind of cross communication moments um uh, uh you know through uh, through through the time that you've lived your diplomatic life and i hope it's bringing a smile to your face those memories are bringing a smile to your face but there is something that i want to raise in this in this in the sharing of these stories with you and in reflecting on these accent difficulties um that uh, that we can encounter that we do encounter uh, as a lovely part of living this diplomatic life. And that actually they can test our resilience. They can test our resilience depending on where they catch us. You know, how we're feeling within ourselves, how we're feeling about where we are in, in the world, how like we might be feeling frustrated, we might be feeling a bit angry, we might be feeling lost within ourselves or lost, you know, um, in, in a new place. And it can, and, and the frustration that we can feel is real, is real. It might seem minor, but this is actually really a test. These, these examples can really test our resilience. And this is, this is a concept that I explored um, back in April 2020 in a blog post on, um, on resilience. And it brings up the concept that it was shared with me um, before writing that and actually inspired um, this, the, 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 the writing of it. The concept of um, big resilience and little resilience. And big resilience is that kind of resilience that we can prepare for before going somewhere. So if we know that it's actually going to be a dangerous place that we're getting um, that we're going to go and live and work for a little while, we can actually prepare for that. If we know that it's going to be hot, if we know that, <laughs> there's that word again. Um, sorry for those of you who don't understand that, that was hot. Um, uh, and, and, you know, if we know it's going to be, you know, in a tropical country or a cold country, if we know it's going to be, you know, a cold city, cold, cold, um, cold climate, 
warm climate, if we know that it's going to be, you know, um, electricity is going to be unreliable or that it's going to be hard to get certain things or whatever it is, we can make preparations for that. We can make preparations for that before we go. Um, and, you know, we can get help and support and, and all of that kind of stuff to help us before we go, as we're there, and when we come back. But it's the little things, the little things that we couldn't possibly understand, which in many circumstances are fun and charming, but then in other circumstances it might catch you in the aisle of the supermarket crying because you don't know what the ingredients are on something. And something, you know, buying something off the shelf at the supermarket um, that, you know, you, you, you know, you're aware, it's like your brand that you get every single time you go to the supermarket turns into checking everything to make sure that, you know, you're not allergic to, um, to, to ingredients or that someone in your family is not allergic to it or it's going to be, you know, uh, similar to what you are used to because you want some, some comfort and, and reminders of home. And so something, you know, the supermarket is, is, is brilliant as um, buying food is a brilliant example of this. You know, where we live in the world, sometimes we can get in and out of a, a, a supermarket buying food on autopilot. We just kind of know where things are and we go and get it. And But when we go to a, a new place where we don't speak the language and we're not familiar with how things are done, something that takes, you know, half an hour, maybe an hour um, at home can take you know, three, four hours. It could turn into a whole day adventure. And if we're not in, you know, a, 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 a mindset to accept that as an interesting adventure, um, that can actually really test our resilience. And the critical thing is we need to allow it to, um, to be a test of our resilience. We need to allow ourselves to go, yeah, that was actually really frustrating. That was a bit frustrating. And because it's okay Generally, it's okay to be tested, uh, have our resilience tested by the big things. That's all known. So many people know it and we've all made preparations for it. But each and every one in each and every one of us in our own ways gets tested, whether it's in a line at Starbucks in Seoul or whether it's in a coffee shop in, in, in Wellington that you've gone to for months um, and uh, they know your name. Uh, but not <laughs> that you're Australian. Those things, those things are allowed to test your resilience. And denying those actually uh, because, you know, and, and by denying a, a huge indicator of the word that, that, that we're denying it is looking uh, when we hear ourselves say the word should I shouldn't be feeling that way. You know, what's wrong with me? Like, this should just be easy. No. Accepting what is and allowing ourselves to be as we are in that moment, which includes being overwhelmed, knowing that this will pass, helps with our psychological resilience enormously. 
we come back to form. We're flexing and we're allowing ourselves to come back to form. So while this has been a, um, a, 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 a fun topic and, and, and I really do hope that, uh, that you know, accent misunderstandings has you know, got you uh, smiling as you listen to this and you're reflecting on your own and I'd love to hear your, your stories, um, know that you're allowed that these, uh, you know, little things that seem trivial when compared to others, there's another clue, you're comparing how you're feeling to how you should be comp- feeling because other people have had it worse than you and they're coping just fine. You're allowed to accept. Indeed, we need to accept what is and work from that to find ways of recharging ourselves in that moment. So if you want to share yours with me and you want my, uh, my insight um, and, and, and advice as you lead your diplomatic life, please reach out on, on socials, on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and send me an email or send me an email. You don't have to do all of those. Uh, and send me an email, admin at thelonelydiplomat.com. Links in the episode description. Um, and yeah, thank you so much uh, for when you do uh, reach out to me, sharing some of those um, those those stories. They they you know they're a very good way of bonding. I love them. I love them, and I hope that uh, me sharing those two stories um, and and sort of me confronting my caffeine addiction. Um, have been uh, have brought a smile to your face wherever you are in the world. Does sound like you're getting ready to leave though. So until next time, be awesomely and humanly you, because the world really does need more you. All sounds used are freeware in the public domain. All views expressed in this episode are my own and do not reflect any official position. I am not a licensed mental health professional. I encourage you to seek the services of a licensed mental health professional if the content of this episode challenged you beyond your current capacity to mentally, emotionally and or physically respond yourself. Thanks for listening.